Praise be to God. Praise God for giving us a very blessed, very blessed Christmas service yesterday. And I'm uh, very thankful to God for God visiting us in a special way yesterday. Yesterday was a very important day. It's very rare to have Christmas on the Lord's Day. It's a blessing for us to be in the house of the Lord on the Lord's Day to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. We praise God for helping us to be in the house of the Lord, to worship Him, to especially remember the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ and also to hear from God on that special day as we celebrate this uh, unforgettable uh, event that uh, took place 2,000 years ago, historic event, life-changing event uh, that took place 2,000 years ago when the light of all life entered into this dark world. Men who sat in darkness, they saw this great light. Some received and many rejected. Many got healed and with the healing that they received, many went to hell also. And Jesus Christ said this at the end of his ministry to the cities and towns who had faith to be healed, but they didn't have faith to get saved. You can have faith to get healed, where that initial faith to believe can be a me-centered faith, where it says that, I want to get well. I know he can do it. And you get the blessing, get the healing, and run away with it. Miss eternity altogether. You can be healed on this side of eternity, on one part of the body, or your entire body itself, but both your body and your soul can burn in hell. We have to remember that. And that's Jesus Christ doing his ministry, which is a ministry of all ministries, the Lord God himself, the second person of the Trinity, who came down to earth, who lived among men, and did the greatest ministry of all. He ministered to all the people who were there, who believed in him. And the Bible says, all those who believed in him, all those who touched the hem of his garment, all of them got healed. So in his ministry, in his healing ministry, many got healed. But how many got saved? 120 were there in the upper room. Out of all the people who got healed, 120 were in the upper room. Jesus went to certain towns and cities where many, many people got healed and many people came, as many as we see the five loaves and two fish multiplication. Without including the men, you see more than 5,000 people sitting there one time. Without men, imagine, with the men, how much healing would have taken place through the Lord Jesus Christ. How many more people would have been there? But in the upper room, only 120 were there. Who really followed him? Who really 
heard all his teachings. Because Jesus simply didn't do healing. He taught. He opened his mouth and he taught the people. The Bible says, even if you look at Matthew chapter 5, you see Jesus opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor and spare, for there is the kingdom of heaven. And it continues. Every time he healed, everywhere he went, his job was to preach the gospel of the kingdom to the poor. So he always preached the word. He taught them in parables and he gave the word. And he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Everywhere he taught and after he taught, he healed the sick. But how many people received his teachings, even though they came? They all came. They all came because they saw signs and wonders. They all came because they wanted to be healed. They all came because they wanted to get something and make something out of it for personal gain, for material gain, for earthly gain. But eternally they lost everything. Though the motive and the purpose in heaven's agenda for the healing ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ is to save souls. We must remember that just because we get healed or just because we get delivered or just because God has done something doesn't mean that we're going to get saved. doesn't mean that somebody is going to get saved. We have to be proactive in our salvation to the very end. He who endures to the very end, the same shall be saved. We have to be proactive in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why. After doing all the healings that Jesus did, Jesus, knowing the hearts of the people, looked at Bethsaida, looked at Chorazin, looked at Capernaum, and he said, Woe to you! Woe to you! If the miracles that were done in you they would have been done in Sodom and Gomorrah. They would have repented a long time ago in sackcloth and ash. What is he saying there? With all the miracles you saw, if there's unbelief, they will not receive the healing. In his own town, hometown, Jesus couldn't do any miracle except for healing a few, the Bible says, because of the unbelief. But the people in Capernaum, people in Corazon, people in Bethsaida, had the faith to receive the healing, but did they have the faith to get saved? No. Their priorities were all wrong. We, as God's people, must remember this. This is not something I was reading on during my personal reading, or something that that I, I decided on speaking. No. As I finished praying this morning in the morning call the Holy Spirit began speaking and the Spirit of God is speaking to our church at this hour. Healings and miracles and deliverances are done by God in the lives of people not only to make them feel good and feel well but the most important purpose is to lead people to repentance and lead them into righteousness so that the spare souls' bodies can be 
fate that they can enter into eternal life while they're on the face of the earth and then ultimately after once life is over on this side of eternity so we have to understand this receiving miracles receiving deliverances so receiving financial prosperity receiving blessings all kinds of things they're good it's a token of God's grace and it shows that God is working unless the spirit of God works no one can really believe the spirit of God working but with the working of the Holy Spirit if we just take what God is doing to use that for temporal things and focus on this life only then we missed everything you can have the faith to move mountains here and get what you want touching the hem of the garment of Jesus Christ and receiving healing is not an ordinary faith it is extraordinary faith they truly believed and they believed not only with all their hearts they not only did they not have any unbelief but there's a higher degree of faith that the power of the Lord Jesus Christ is even upon his garments and when they touch his garments they'll be made whole but is that good enough for salvation because Jesus healed us mean that they're going to go to heaven always know this because we are blessed physically mentally emotionally materially financially whatever it is doesn't mean that we're going to go to heaven it's the grace of God that leads us to repentance many times we're blessing us we're showing the love of God to us so that we turn from everything that is against God everything that is contrary to the works of God and the will of God truly repent and thoroughly repent and follow the Lord Jesus Christ so it's very important for us to know that what God is doing in our lives is geared towards the prosperity of our souls if only a body prospers temporarily and a soul doesn't prosper something is seriously wrong at that point how will you feel if your child only grows mentally but doesn't grow physically what an agony that is there are people in the earth where they haven't grown physically after a certain point they never grew physically physically developmentally they're not where they should be and then there are others 
fall into another group who grow physically but don't grow mentally. Then there are some others who grow physically and mentally but emotionally they are like little children, underdeveloped. They can sit and do computer work and they can do whatever they want to do. They can do shopping and all those things, but they interact with people. Emotionally, they are not developed. They cannot marry. They cannot hold a relationship. Emotionally, not developed. They cry for every little thing. And they live a me-centered life. Whatever anyone says will be wrong all the time. And then you have another group of people who grow emotionally, who grow mentally, who grow physically, but spiritually, there's center, there's no growth. The dangerous part with spiritual retardation is The spirit of a person will live forever, not this body. And so when we don't take care of that, when we don't make the effort that we need to make in our spiritual area, what happens? We're doing a big disservice to ourselves. God is speaking to our hearts with his hour out of his love. Straighten out that which you need to straighten out. Then God can come and move the mountain. Set things right that you need to do before God. Then God will come and do what he has promised to do. In order for the promises of God to be fulfilled, every condition needs to be met. We must be keen on doing our Father's work. We cannot be like Capernaum, we cannot be like Chorazin, we cannot be like Bethsaida. Because they were all present in every meeting Jesus had. The whole place was packed. They were all there all the time. Anywhere Jesus went, they all ran there. But they totally missed eternal life. They brought such grief to the Lord Jesus Christ. Basically, at the end of his ministry, he says, I wasted my time on you. Capernaum. I wasted my time on you, Chorazin. I wasted my time on you, Bethsaida. Oh, if I would have given this time to those who didn't have what you people received from me, they would have made use of it. God is speaking to our hearts today. Make sure. Make sure. You use everything that Jesus gives you. Jesus has given you. Make sure you focus on that which matters the most. 
make sure, make sure that you are within the 120 who are on the upper room. Make sure, make sure that you take in everything that Jesus Christ gives to you. Don't neglect the teaching. Don't neglect the word. No, don't neglect what the Spirit of God gives. Because He knows the hearts of His people. And He says, I come to give life and that they may have this life abundantly or have the abundant life. So, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? With this great salvation that God has given to us, what are we supposed to do? With this great privilege of hearing the Lord so clearly every time we come together, what are we supposed to do? Take that and put it to action. Be a diligent, be a diligent steward of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is speaking to our hearts today. God has been doing so many miracles, so many wonders, so many testimonies, so many, so many, so many things. God has been so good to us. As we are coming to the end of this year, sit in the presence of God and do a thorough self-examination. And see, am I with a crowd that just comes and sees and experiences the miracles and, and get happy over it and go home. But whatever word he gave, it's just gone. A lot of times you have to just think, what did he say? What was the message two weeks ago? What was the promise of the New Year? A lot of prophecies God gave. What did he actually speak? It's all gone. How much are we taking in the word that God has given? What did the Spirit of God speak to our hearts? What did He speak to our hearts? We need to be looking at the seven churches that Jesus Christ spoke to and God was going to speak to us from that. But the Spirit of God changed the direction as He saw at that time. The need was something different after he spoke. So many things are happening, people change, so many things happen within the lives of the people and God addresses things according to that and meets the needs of the people. But we must understand the time is coming. The time is coming. And people will run from one place to another not be able to find what they're looking for. There are people who not even know what to look for. Even now it's happening. But God has graciously given us the rich food. God has given us the rich food. The children of Israel had angels' food. They had it every day. 
It lost its value and meaning in the lives of those who were ungrateful. Not in the lives of everyone. Joshua and Caleb were so happy and so thankful to God. There were a people who were never satisfied. Excited when they get something and after that, that excitement just goes away. It's very short-lived. And then the eyes go on, something else. Oh, I don't have this and this is not there and, and I only have this and it could be better with this and, and what if I had this and God is speaking to us this hour. Examine yourself. As you're coming to the end of this year, take some time in the presence of God. Give yourself to God Almighty. And say, Lord, I give my everything to you, my all to you, Jesus. I'm here to do one thing, which is to do your will. If you're busy in doing other things, how can we ever even recognize what God is doing? If we are caught up with other things, how can we even recognize what God is doing? We can't. We can't. God is speaking to our hearts. God is speaking to our hearts. Our ears must be attentive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Our minds must be fixed upon Jesus Christ. Yes, we have many things to attend to, but they should never take away our attention from Jesus Christ. God is speaking to our hearts and power. Those who endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Every day make sure you're enduring. If you endure to the end of the day, each and every single day, you will endure to the very end. Make sure you're enduring to the end every single day. Every day has a beginning and an end. Make sure you're enduring every single day. Only if you endure every single day will you be able to endure till the end. That's how you endure, till the very end. It's not some sudden thing that magically happens at the end. Somehow endurance comes. No. Endurance comes through trials. Endurance comes through the path that God places in. Are you enduring every day? You cannot endure if you don't have faith. You cannot have faith if you don't have the word of God in you. You cannot endure. You cannot make it. If you don't have the word of God in you, you cannot endure. If you don't have time for the Word of God, then the Word of God will not be in you. Or if you get too accustomed, too familiar with the Word of God and say, I know this, I know this, I know that, I know this. Well, I know the answer to everything. Then you're not going to 
have any room for the Spirit of God to speak to you. As newborn babes desire the pure milk, sincerely desire the pure milk, the Word of God, the desire has to be there, the strong desire has to be there. God is speaking to our hearts of desire. God wants to build a new foundation, a strong foundation. In order for that to happen, you have to completely let the Spirit of God work inside of you. Step by step, He will lead us to the glory land. At every step of the way, we need to be within the path of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's important. God had given faith to all the people who were in Capernaum. Faith. They utilized that faith for self-gain. They utilized that faith for earthly good. They did not use the faith that God gave to take the word that was preached and to put it to practice. God is speaking to a husband's hour. The faith that God has given to you, make sure you use it for your spiritual growth, for your spiritual gain. You should use it also for your physical needs. You should use it also for your financial needs, but not without using it for your spiritual needs. I take this word that God has given this morning seriously. Take it very seriously. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my word will never pass away for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to live with him forevermore, with the one who said, I'm going to my father's house to prepare a place for you. He's going into his father's house to prepare a place for his disciples, he said. For those who followed him, to those people, he said, in the word. He's preparing a place for his disciples who made Jesus their priority. Right now, as we're hearing this word, as I'm sharing this word that the Spirit of God is giving, Jesus Christ is preparing a place for us in heaven. We have to remember that. And we need to mature spiritually. We need to be spiritually mature when he calls us home. Only then what he prepares will be given to us and based on how we live that preparation will continue or discontinue. There are mansions in heaven where God began the work and there are buildings in heaven that are Half-built and never came to completion. Quarter-built, never came to completion. Empty. 
You know why? Because the people who should have gotten those places, they never made it to heaven. They ended up in hell. Is the truth. So are those places going to be left empty forever? No. There's nothing incomplete that will stay in heaven. What does God do? He will give that to another person and the construction will come to a completion. Someone else Someone else's house will be built on someone else's foundation. That place will be brought to the completion, just like how when a person loses the crown, another person will get it. Just like when a person loses the call, another person will get it. Esau lost his birthright and Jacob gained it. Jacob could have been blessed. Even Esau held on to his birthright. So in order for us to get our crown, we should never think that someone else needs to lose their crown, then I can get their crown. No. That's demonic. That is a crown for every single person who will follow him. That is a call for every single person. God is an assignment for every single person who commit themselves and are trustworthy before him. However, when someone is called to fulfill their job and they drop out and they say, sorry, I can't make it, God is not going to leave that job undone because that person refused to come. At that point, God will draft someone else into that call. So losing our call is a devastating thing for the person and when they don't realize it and they continue in it it's all the more devastating Jesus did exactly what he said in the parable that he spoke to his disciples of that a gardener who is sending to the garden sees that the tree is not bringing forth fruit. And then the owner says, I'm going to cut this down. The gardener says, just give it some more time. Bro. Three more years. Let me try some more. In the three more years, it's called the period of grace. And the grace is not, like how people say, oh, it's unmerited favor and it's just been given to you and you do what you want with it now. That grace has been given with a great expectation. If you make use of the time that I'm giving you and bring forth fruit, then you can stay in that spot. You can make use of that land because you're useful. 
But after those three years, if it's not bearing fruit, at that point, the tree is not going to be allowed to stay there because it's bringing loss to the kingdom. The tree is cut down and uprooted so that another tree can be planted in its place to bring gain to the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus did. After he did so much of ministry, three and a half years of ministry in Capernaum, Chorazin, Bethsaida, he cursed all those cities. Anytime he says, woe unto you, that means you missed it, you forfeited it, you're not going to get it back. You're not going to get it back. The door that is open will not be open forever. The grace that has been given will not be given forever. We as God's people must understand. But the grace that has been given for us, we need to make use of it and bring abundant fruit for the Savior. When we do that, God the Father will prune us through Jesus Christ by the working of the Holy Spirit so that we can even bring forth more fruit. Such trees become, they all become an asset, an asset to God the Father. This is a very useful tree. It's bringing a lot of fruit. Let's work on it so it can bear even more. We want to be people, the people of God. God will be pleased when He'll say that. I'm going to work on you so that you can bear more fruit. We need to be a delight to God. We need to bring joy to God. He sees our fruit, our life, and our doctrine is very important. What we believe and how we live. What we believe and how we live. What we believe and how we live. It's very important. As we close our eyes and look to the Lord, it is our We examine yourself, you examine yourself in the presence of God. And ask God, the Holy Spirit, ask God, the Holy Spirit, to search your heart. Let the Lord work, work of grace with the So that the plan of God for your life be fulfilled. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you, Lord, for this morning hour. Thank you for speaking to your people. Your word is true. It is the truth. 
I thank you for giving your word to your people one more time. Lord, may they be accountable to this word that they've heard. May your people experience the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. To bless them, Father. Bless them, Father. Bless them this morning. With all your blessings that you alone can bless them with. That they may not be like Capernaum, not be like Chorazin, not be like Bethsaida, but be among the 120 who were in the upper room. Bless the people, Lord. I pray that you will continue to do a mighty work in the lives of your people. As we all prepare to get into the new year with Jesus Christ standing by our side. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you do a deeper work. Deeper work of grace in the lives of your people. With this blessing, I bless them with Father, the servant standing in the presence of God. Before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me, the Almighty God, I bless your people. With all your blessings, you alone can bless them with. That they may prosper in their soul and in their bodies so that they can bring you greater glory. For this I ask in Jesus' name. I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' most precious name I pray. Amen. Amen.